Uh, anyone else terrified by Russia right now? It's hard to not. He's just crazy enough for me to be maximally terrified. In the meantime, Let's talk about we distract sports. ourselves with sports. Yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and a trip around the world for a soccer update from all over the globe. My name is Alex. I'm joined, as always, by Dave and Brady. Boys, MLS is back. Yes, let's talk about it. Yes, all episode long, almost. Quick shout out to Ian Scarlato, producer for our podcast, Shout out to Jen as well, Jen Bennett, helping us run our social media accounts. Whew, big weekend this past weekend. MLS, big match last night between Chelsea and Liverpool. A lot happening. But what I realized listening to the episode last week is that we've not had a NFL catch-up for our two beloved or maybe hated teams since the Super Bowl. And both teams, the Bears and the Vikings, kind of cleaned house uh, in terms of GM, head coach, coaching staff. Um, so I wanted to take a moment to go over those big changes with you all. I want to get your thoughts. The Bears have hired Ryan Poles, 36-year-old from the Chiefs as their new GM, He's never been a GM before, but was highly involved in the front office of the Chiefs. And Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator last year for the Indianapolis Colts, as their head coach. Now, I'm sure you guys haven't had enough time to do a deep dive on these two guys, but since I'm a football head, I'm curious what your thoughts are around these two. My first thought is Eberflus is a defensive guy, and Mm -hmm. we have a young starlet quarterback who we should probably find a QB whisperer. And this was not that selection for me. Yeah. I had a very similar reaction as why, right. Why him of everybody. As far as the GM coming from the chiefs, it has to be a good thing. They have a fantastic roster and hopefully he brings some of that to Chicago. I don't have anything else to tell you other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Young guy, Ryan Poles. That's all I know. And he fills the uh, Ryan criteria of GM. (laughs) (laughs) Another Ryan P, which we will, we'll see how that goes. Um, The Vikings, on the other hand, new GM, new head coach, their GM is Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, 41 year old, worked previously with the 49ers and the Browns. He apparently is an Ivy League school graduate, master's degree, brainiac, really, really, really smart, doesn't have the football experience that someone like Ryan Poles does, but really, really intelligent. I really like him a lot. Our new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, who was the offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams this past season. 
So that's an interesting hire to me as well. Apparently he knocked the interview out of the park, but if you are the offensive coordinator for Sean McVay's offense, then you're basically just doing whatever Sean McVay tells you to do and you're not calling plays. So I don't really know what to think about him because I don't really know anything about him. And maybe that's a good thing because it'll be hard to game plan against him because you don't know what he's going to call, but he's just, he seems green to me, but listening to a couple minutes of him talk, he sounds like McVeigh. <laughs> has the same phrases. So it's like, okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and uh, after having someone like Zimmer, who is grumpy old man, hard nosed defensive coach, Kevin O'Connell, 36 years old, offensive minded guy, uh, complete switch. So I'm kind of excited for that. I wanted that. We'll just see how he does. Weren't you? Chasing Harbaugh as well. Wasn't that part of the Vikings quest? So Harbaugh got an interview and this is actually an interesting story. So forgive me for going on uh, for a few (laughs) minutes here about this. Harbaugh um, got the interview and apparently was telling everyone at Michigan, including players that he was recruiting that uh, I'm I'm not going to be here next year. I'm going to go get this interview and uh, get this job. And basically was viewing it as a formality and then came into the building, according to the Minnesota beat writers with that attitude of like, I I don't need to prepare. This is my job. And Kwesi worked with him at San Francisco when they went to the Super Bowl, And then the team basically imploded Mm -hmm. uh, within a few years after that. And a lot of the point, uh, fingers were pointing at Harbaugh and apparently Kwesi asked him a couple questions about how would you prevent something like that from happening with another team? Because that it left San Francisco in a crater for several years. Uh, basically that was your doing and he didn't really have an answer for that. And he didn't really have an answer for anything. He just kind of said, well, I'm, I'm Harbaugh. Look at my resume. Uh. I think it was mainly a salary move against Michigan anyway, but maybe, okay. Could be, but, uh, so yeah, did not, did not work out for him. And I don't know. We'll see. It's always fun to have new coaches, but both teams are in interesting positions. I would say certainly not particularly great years. Other big world news. Uh, well, it's related to the world news. Dave, do you want to touch on what's happening with Russia yeah. in the world of soccer? Yeah, I just wanted to briefly touch on it just with everything that's going on, unrelated to the sports world, but it actually has um, like the the governing bodies of soccer have started to kind of speak out against Russia as well. Um, FIFA and UEFA suspended Russia from the World Cup today. And um, Spartak Moscow also was kicked out of um, the Europa League by UEFA. Now, it wasn't initially, it was a rather tepid response, actually. And they were just saying it was compete under a different banner. And everyone freaked out, I think, appropriately. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. And pretty much everybody refused to play them. And I guess at this point, you know, you can't really even pet these guys on the back for making the decision because everybody refused to play them. So it's like, they're (laughs) like, Oh, we'll kick them out now that everybody's refused to do this. So, but it needed to be done. And it was finally done today. So it's one of those moments where 
the sport touches politics and politics touches sport. I mean, we all hate war. So it's just, mm-hmm. the, I think the players are making the right moves and the right statements. Uh, we'll talk about Slonina in a little bit here. It's it's a wild world. And, you know, let's just hope that some people get some sense into their brains. Um, but let's carry on with sports, shall we? Yes. Absolutely. First stop, Red Stars. And still in the preseason. Yeah. So not a, not a whole lot right now. Yeah. We're getting ready for the NWSL Challenge Cup. First match is on March 20th. We'll give you a nice preview closer to that date. Absolutely. Not too far away. However, we do have soccer happening in Chicago. Big home opener this Coming Saturday, March 5th at 5 p.m. for the Chicago Fire versus Orlando City. Dave and I will be there. Let's go. I am so excited to be back in Chicago Mm -hmm. live soccer. Yes. Super excited. Yeah. Good to see Shaq in in the flesh after watching him from afar with Liverpool for so long. (laughs) Be cool. Yeah, that would be very cool. Also, you get to see your Polish striker. That's pretty fun. Yes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. The fans are going to be, I hope, very loud, very excited. Mm-hmm. They made some big moves they needed to. Even last year, they hung in there. There's energy in Soldier Field when the fire are there. I love it. It is going to be cold. Not as cold as we initially thought. No. But it is supposed to rain. The rain. Doesn't matter. It's supposed to be like 55. Doesn't matter. And it's going to be cold. awesome. It's going to be freezing because yeah. of the rain. That is true. Trust but <laughs> I'm very excited still. Yes. There's a lot of uh, new things that the fire are doing too. I know I'm filling in empty space, but I do have a point though here because there are, there are some cool things that the fire, at least for season ticket holders that are coming out. Um, there's like a new like club area for people to meet at like prior to games and some other cool benefits and perks. So it's going to be fun. We'll have to check out the new digs. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from that, what are the things that you're most looking forward to getting back into Soldier Field home opener? Is it Shaq? Is it the beer? What do you think? Shakiri Live is top of my list. Uh, He was very, very good against Miami. It will be fun to just when the, the, when you are the camera and you get to watch wherever these strikers go and wherever the, the midfielders go, it's just more fun for me to see it live. And, um, I'm also, I'm a huge fan of Pato. He was a rising star and had this huge Mm. hype when he was a youngster. He never really hit those heights truly, but in the MLS, he still could be a huge impact player. And so I'm glad I'm going to get to see him live. Yeah. For me, it's Shaq as well. Live. That'll be huge. And I think it'll be nice to see if we can establish just a presence at home where we win or at least draw. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping to see that start off on the right foot this year. Talking a little bit about Orlando, I am a little bit excited to see them play uh, and lose, but they scored probably (laughs) the prettiest goal of the weekend of our opening weekend here. And they had a 13 plus passing move. And then Pato put it away for his first ever MLS goal. He was injured last season. Uh, So a little bit intimidating in that regard. They did look very good. But I think the Fire have a very good chance. They won three to one at home last year against Orlando, and I think we can see another uh, dominating performance from the Fire. Uh, center back Janssen of Orlando got himself a silly red card, so he will miss this game, which is nice because mm-hmm. I don't think their center back depth is very good. 
other than Pato, Benji Michelle is very fast and is someone we'll need to watch out for. And then Mari uh, Pereira is their best player, but he tends to drift out of games when he's not actively involved or if it's a little bit colder. So let's hope that he gets himself nice and cold and he shells mm. up a little bit. And I think the fire will come out tackling hard like we did in Miami. We'll mm-hmm. be able to maintain that in the cold a little bit longer and not die yes. out. And then I think Orlando will back down a little bit and be like, okay, okay, uncle. <laughs> That's why you got to keep outdoor stadiums in the North or at least in the Midwest. Cause when other teams come to play here, they're not ready for it. No Especially way. Orlando. You soft. <laughs> Get them. <laughs> Keeping it with the fire. Let's discuss the game of the week that we chose last week, which was the season opener for the fire Saturday, February 26th, inner Miami versus Chicago fire. That was obviously in Florida, nice and warm down there. Although not typical Florida warm from what I've heard. What did we think of the kits? Pink versus Navy blue. I really liked it. Complimentary colors. I thought, uh, Inner Miami's kits were finally less see-through, but not, yeah. as, <laughs> but not a, still great. So I don't know. <laughs> it looked nice. And the, it did match the sky too. There's a couple corners that were taken. I was like, dang, it's like they captured that on their shirt, like in the background. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Awesome. So, yeah. So I want to, we will dive into the details of this game, but overall I want to get, immediate feedback on how this team looks compared to last year's team. It's one game, it's early, but I thought we looked a lot better than last year. More aggressive. I thought defense was the big standout thing for me. We had a lot of opportunities, didn't execute in terms of offense, which we saw that last year, but our defense this year had multiple times where we booted something out of the box. It wasn't bouncing around like it did last year. And I think there was just a couple times where a play would have happened last year that this defense prevented it from happening and got the ball out of there. Yeah, I would say this game last year would not have ended nothing, nothing. I think we would have conceded a goal. I think we even saw, I know we saw a late goal conceded against Miami. So just from that standpoint, much better already. And then I thought in possession, we looked like we had a plan. We looked composed and we had 60% of the ball. We looked like we wanted to have it and had an idea when we did have it. For me, I feel like uh, second half, I felt like we kind of took our foot off the gas a bit, especially towards the end. But Mm -hmm. that could also be just conditioning at this point. So hopefully it doesn't become a pattern and a theme throughout the season. But it was a little nerve wracking for me. (laughs) For sure. How about? I think we would all say Shakiri is our standout player. He mm-hmm. pops off the screen. Ooh. He's so yep. fast. And I know, Brady, so you're going to touch on this, but he pushes the whole team with him, moves them with him. He's not looking to slow down and think about it. It's go, go, go. Yeah, I drew several themes from this game. Just instead of us doing a sort of chronological breakdown, I just kind of wanted to touch on the thing as a whole. And you brought up one immediately, urgency. Shakiri on the ball is not looking to slow things down. He's on the half turn or he's already facing you and he's going forward. He example was in the second minute, he had a long diagonal to Navarro 
and we almost scored pretty much immediately into this game. Mm-hmm. He was inches away from giving a, a Shabilko a tap in. Uh, just he is ready to play right now. Click, click, click. Let's go. It's awesome to see he he got that ball into places I couldn't believe it. You know, like in having players kind of be on their their back line, like one on one with the keeper, like obviously we hope it'll pay off a little bit more in the future, but he really did set up a lot of our players to succeed. So it was great to see right off the, like the first whistle. Yeah. And you just said it. He wants the ball in those really tight spaces. It's actually an adjustment that the fire need to make. He was actually a little frustrated in the first 15 minutes because just because Mm -hmm. someone's on his back, he knows it doesn't matter. They're either going to foul me or I'm going to beat them. It doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Give me the ball when I want the ball. And that's something the fire will continue to develop throughout the season. Mm -hmm. I also liked with him being so urgent, it seemed to raise the floor of urgency of the entire fire. I saw crazy side tackles that probably wouldn't have happened last season. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of the first ones created a chance, the first chance for Ivanov. Yeah. Jimenez slid in there like completely down, like head to the ground, mm-hmm. full layout slide tackle. It was pretty cool to see. So committed. Yeah. And we need a player like him to be big this season. He's one of our DPs. It needs to happen. I think that was one of the biggest knocks against the fire last year is they didn't have anyone to lead the charge. There's no one holding that flag, running down the field, leading everyone else with them. Shakiri is that player already. Another thing I noticed, Brad, you touched on this a little bit. It looked like the fire had a plan most of the time on the field. They looked much more composed compared to kind of the panic of last year. When they did get the ball, it was just ah, mad sprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think the main standout in that regard was Chihos, which, by the way, I've been saying that totally wrong. Chihos. Anyway, <laughs> Chihos. Uh, immediately was the captain, which is a great sign, and really good defending first from our first view of him. Shuffled attackers wide. Again, no panic. Just, okay, we've got the situation handled. And then... Good, if not great, in possession. There were moments where there was pressure coming down on him. He did not care, didn't make the careless mistake, and in fact, worked it into a situation where we got into a a wider open space. It also helps your defensive composure when you don't have Calvo doing one of the most absurd things that you have ever seen because he forgot how to play his sport for five minutes. I'm done. I'm over it. Uh, we Buried saw zero <laughs> bicycle kicks from our center backs this game. That's a good stat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought he looked pretty great too. Um, he was a step slow. I, I felt like on certain possessions, but his positioning kind of made up for it. Even when he got beat, you know, he was in the right spot to prevent him from continuing the attack. So right. I was very happy as well. Right. No compounding of errors. Even if he did make one, it was okay. We've got this covered. It's fine. Everyone else be in position. I'm going to be in mine. Uh, Gagas Lunina isn't 17, is he? I don't believe it. Wikipedia Mm-mm. says he is. So. I, I don't <laughs> believe it. He, he plays like a 40 year old man. They were passing the ball around in their own box, just super calm. I loved it. Uh, Pineda made an early mistake. Okay. He's a young player. And then was pretty good the rest of the game. In fact, he was one of the better uh, final third passers in this game, which is pretty big deal for him. I also noticed 18 fouls against 
was fourth best in the league for the fire. And then six fouls won in the final third was the highest in the league. So you can see a team, especially in the heat of Miami, mm-hmm. getting pissed and getting mad about getting hacked and making something, you know, that doesn't need to happen. A red card, a yellow card. It didn't happen. Nice and composed from the team. And if we continue to get set pieces in the final third, we're going to score mm-hmm. them. Shakiri is going to put it in a dangerous spot. We've got big men in the back and is Shabilko. We can score goals that way. So even though this is the first game, MLS regular season game that this team has played together, did you see promising chemistry with this team, overall flow between players, getting the ball to each other, communication? Flow is a great word. I just I think people had a nice idea of when this player goes to here, it means I can go to there. And it just was a really nice understanding in the first regular season game. Maybe more so in our own half than in the attacking half, but we'll get into it a little bit more. I did think the interchange between Shabilko and Shakiri is already fantastic and hard to mark. Uh, I didn't know that Shabilko would drop into the midfield as much as he did, but anytime mm-hmm. he did, Shakiri was gone. Like it just it, it didn't take a word. It did it didn't take a look even. It was just, oh, there it is, I'm gone. And the more that happens, the less the center back knows where to track who. And that's just a good thing for the fire creating chances. That was so exciting to see. And I'm hoping to see it live Saturday. Got to see it. Mm-hmm. Need yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. It has to. Uh, Shakiri was one of the most fouled players in the league. I'm coining Hackashack because that's yes. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we continue to get hacked in the final third, that's a good thing as well. It is great. I also thought, um, not only was he the foul the most, but even if it was like, it looked like it was a little soft or questionable when he went down, he did a really good job of selling it. Mm. Like he's not going to get carded for flopping. Like he's very convincing and he knows what he's doing. And I think that's going back to him wanting the ball and being very strong on the ball. He just knows what he's doing there and he could sell it by acting as well when need to needed to. So (laughs) it's cool to see. Selling a foul, Dave. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Uh, I did touch on, I think they looked really solid in their own half. The midfield checking in and out was really smooth. Um, one of the wrinkles I noticed was one of the midfielders would go to the side of the center backs and the other center midfielder would stay in that middle spot and just be that point man. Um, and then it made the center backs more confident. It made them never really panic. Like, Oh, I have no options. Uh, do you know what I mean when I say passing people open? Yes. The person who's passing the ball puts the ball in a position where it will lead that person to being open. Right. It didn't necessarily just because someone is standing behind one of the forwards that press that is pressing. If a center back just gives the ball to either side of that forward, it looked very smooth. It looked like that center mid knew, okay, well, now my options are to go to here. And if I can turn, someone will tell me it all looked very nice in the buildup aspect of the fire. So it sounds like overall, to me, they looked a lot better than the team last year already. However, not without some faults. Brady, I'm going to start off with you here. Where did you see things that need to happen, that need to get better? The game still ended nothing, nothing. It still ended zero, yeah. zero. We love to pick a nothing, nothing as mm-hmm. our game of the week. Uh, we should have known. Finishing. 
has to be one of the things that immediately pops up. Uh, Ivanov had a couple of our best, best opportunities. Yeah. Shabilko had one as well. <sighs> Have to put those away if we're going to be in the playoffs. That's something that just needs to be there. I felt like it was almost a hat trick of golden chances, at least from what mm-hmm. I was watching. I, I was, yeah. I don't know. I'm choosing to be optimistic, but I was fuming during the game. And I'm going <laughs> to just chalk it up to Rust's first game jitters and hope yep. that he's going to prove himself Saturday. Yeah. Finishing is one of those things that takes reps. So when it's preseason going into the full season now, that needs to come quickly. Uh, I would say Ivanov created those chances though. He did. Like he, that first shot, I didn't notice it in the first go around. His fake shot is what opens up mm-hmm. the, the then Meg that he gets and he hits it off the post. That's more unlucky than it was a bad yeah. finish. The second one, though, he tried to chip with his right foot instead of using his left. It's the thing about being single-footed in soccer. If you're a pro, can't do it. I thought another thing that was worrisome was set-piece details, both offensively and defensively. Miami's best opportunity, the one that clanged off the bar, came from a short corner kick. And there's really not an excuse for that, which is a concern to me. Uh, Leonardo Campagna was the one that banged it off the bar. He had another one that was wide open and it came off of just a weird giveaway by Jimenez. And then neither defensive midfielder reacted quick enough, which is just, it's a, just a little tiny detail and then attacking set piece wise. Okay. Shakiri, you're a hero. I don't need any more 40 yard shots from a dead ball. Okay. <laughs> Especially from a weird angle. Okay. Like just put it into the, into the mixer. Yeah. There was one moment where I was pretty scared too. I don't think it was off the set piece, but just the defense kind of like crashed. Um, like Iguain didn't give up on a ball that was kind of hit to the sideline. And then all of a sudden he was by himself and he drove into the box and was able to put it on Campana's head. And we're lucky that he didn't score. So hopefully that doesn't happen. And again, it's just the first week. Iguain was good. Uh, He changed his number from nine to 10 this season, which I thought was interesting. Uh, And he looked like a 10. He wanted to create chances. He wanted to be the chief creator, not necessarily the chief goal scorer. He was very good in this game and shout out to him. So I, like I had been alluding to earlier, I had the second half scaries again. Yeah. Uh, I think midfield depth was the main contributor to that. Both teams looked gassed, but Chicago more so. Uh, Pineda and Jimenez started to just drop further and further into their own box. Not a great look. Federico Navarro did get minutes in this game, and it was, in fact, an injury that made him not start. Hopefully, he's healthy now, and hopefully, we have another option off the bench then with Pineda or whoever doesn't start because we waited until like the 70th minute plus to make subs, and it needed to yeah. be earlier. I found that interesting. I thought I was. Both Sydney and I, who thank you, Sydney, for watching this game with me, were like, uh-huh, where yes. are the subs? Because they look tired. And it's the first game. Stamina is going to be low. Also, you're playing in the heat. So where is that? Is that just a coaching mentality? I don't know. I, I don't have a great answer for you. I think we have to ask Ezra when we run into him. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, for, <laughs> first game Yelp. of the season. Yeah, there you go. Um, first game of the season. So... Maybe he was trying to keep some bullets in reserve. Maybe he, 
you know, maybe that midfield did actually lack the depth that I'm talking about. And Mm -hmm. he wasn't confident to bring in a new line of bodies. Yeah. I don't know how we didn't give up a goal in those last 10 to 15 minutes, but I guess that's just a testament to the new defense and Slonina just playing really well. Yeah. Gaga is good. All right. Key takeaways from this game. And most of the things we talked about were positive. Let's try to keep it on the positive side if we can. Although I know stats not always are going to be good numbers, but hit me with it, Brad. I feel positively about this game. Slonina, we Dave teed me up perfectly. He's awesome. Like some of those shots from even outside of the box, great saves. Mm -hmm. Didn't see him until late. Nice spring. And even when he had a rebound to clean up, he was immediately all over it. And I mm-hmm. love that in a 17-year-old goalkeeper. Uh, also, very important, his moral awareness is higher than that of a 17-year-old. The the jersey raising up and saying no war, like peace in our like that's just such a outside of sports moment that you don't expect from someone this young. Shout out, Sonina. Yeah. I would say the point on the road is okay. It's just fine. It's the first mm-hmm. game of the season. Our ball control and possession looked great and very important that it did because we did run down in this game. In the heat of Miami, we have patterns that we've worked on in our own half, and I think the patterns in the final third are still to come. So I have a lot of encouragement there. Shakiri is already top 15 in expected assists, something we expect from him. In fact, we expect him to be a little bit higher and maybe to be on the ball in the box a little bit more often as well. I'd love to see that. But overall, defense looked more stable. We're creating chances. Shakiri looks good. Chihos looks mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. It's a good start. Yep. I really enjoyed seeing the big signings that we had and the young goalkeeper that we were all really excited about. All three of them showed up right away. So I felt really good coming out of this game too. Need some more things to click, and I think they will. All right. Congratulations. Fire. Bring it this Saturday. Dave, Brady, make sure they can hear you. Will do. Quick look over into the EPL. And I'll go first with Chelsea. I'm going to make this quick because Dave has plenty to say about the (laughs) Liverpool-Chelsea match for the EFL Cup that took place last night. Uh, It was a heartbreaker for Chelsea fans. I have four points to make. First one, Mendy had an amazing, amazing game. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. Uh, Chelsea fought like heck. Uh, Both teams played very, very well. Both should have scored more than they did, but Mm. good play from the goalkeepers. Mason Mount (laughs) put one in the net. (laughs) Holy cow. Sure. And Keppa, do better. Not at uh, saving goals. I realize it's a bad look when you are the expert for PKs. You're brought in and you don't save a single one. However, it's like that is an extremely difficult thing to do. And if you don't, if, if a goal isn't made on a PK, it's generally thought that the person kicking the ball is to blame for that. Not the goalkeeper being incredible. 
but then Keppa blows his shot over the net. That was the killer for me. Well, it was a killer for your team too. Yeah. <laughs> sure was. So that's it. Dave, Tottenham. do you want me to intercept here say, or do you want to let me leave Prague you this yeah, time? You yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, so it was kind of dramatic because I, I wasn't able to watch live. I was celebrating my mother's birthday being a good son, you know, Nice. <laughs> but I, uh, I had to, um, I had to like watch the PKs from my phone and all of a sudden, you know, you just see like the little hesitation and then Chelsea would even it up and then Liverpool would go, I'm just dying at like the lunch table trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on. And I thought it was nuts. If you're going to win a, a, a final on penalties in a goalless game, like you might as well have everybody <laughs> take, take one the from way. the spot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I think uh, we're locked in quest for the quadruple is on. Oh so the infamous uh-huh. quadruple and, English soccer. Um, I don't know. It would have been a lot of standing and screaming for me. You guys have watched Liverpool with me before, and it's just <laughs> very uncomfortable for me at times. And this would have been <laughs> awful to see like live. So it's probably best for my health that I could not see it at the time. There you go. Um, and both teams honestly should have scored like a ton. It wasn't mm-hmm. just uh, Mason Mount and Pulisic coming up short. Like Mane had an excellent opportunity. Uh, and then there was goals called back and it was just, it was a wild game. It had everything, even mm-hmm. though there was no goals, <laughs> uh, penalties, uh, Van Dyke purposefully kicked it to the side. Kappa was cheating towards after probably watching all that tape, getting ready to lose. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> he still got it past him and stared him down afterwards, which I thought was a great moment for Van Dyke. So, and the Kappa curse continues when he skies it over the crossbar, just like Alex said. So Liverpool win. I do want to clarify one thing. Keppo was brought on because Chelsea had been doing this and they have Keppa in the locker room while Mendy's, right. you know, working on the field. Uh, Keppa's in the locker room, watching film, taking notes, looking at penalty takers on purpose. So that was something that was intentionally done. It was planned. Nothing Mendy did wrong or anything. In fact, Mm-mm. Mendy was fantastic in this game. Yep. And I would argue a more athletic goalkeeper. So, you know, who's to say didn't work out this time, but it, it wasn't a anything Mendy did wrong. Just wanted to no. throw that out there right. before Certainly I switch not. over to Tottenham, which I feel pretty good about right now. Four nothing win against Leeds. Leeds are kind of stumbling and we'll get into that mm-hmm. in a second, but Comprehensive victory, yeah. uh, felt really good. And then Son and Kane take the outright lead on goal combinations with 37. That's all time in the Premier League. That's pretty exciting. So it's fun wow. to have those two on my team. Going back to Leeds, Spurs put the boot to Bielsa. He gone. Now, I don't actually think it was just this game. I think it's been in the works. In fact, Jesse Marsh will be the second ever Premier League American manager. That's pretty exciting. He's got work to do. Leeds are dangerously close to the bottom three. They don't have the game in, games in hand like some of the other teams that are down there do. So he's got work ahead of him. But still very exciting that another American is at the helm of a Premier League team. Yeah. I was going to say, he's ex-Chicago Fire, right? As mm-hmm. well. And then... I also have been in tune with the Leeds fan base a little bit here and there, and they are not happy at all. They're they're pretty ticked, especially because his form was not that great with Leipzig and kind of knocked them out of their current position in uh, 
the Bundesliga. So he's going into a really tough environment there at Leeds and, and he's not being labeled as a savior. They're, they're mad. So it'll be, hopefully he'll be able to pull it off and prove him wrong. And then he'd be there to stay. Yeah. It's going to be up to him to save them. Yeah. I'm going to jump back in with a little bit more Liverpool stuff real quick. Uh, So they have Norwich uh, this upcoming week for the FA cup. Like I said, just pursuing the quadruple. We'll see how it goes. But depth is still an issue with Liverpool right before the cup final. uh, Tiago ended up picking up a knock in warmups. He's He's been battling with this ever since he joined Liverpool. Uh, Mm. Firmino still out. And I guess the one positive is Jota seems like he's going to be back soon. Got games against West Ham this weekend. Uh, but then it's just a mix of really pesty teams coming up for Liverpool. It's Brighton, Arsenal, and then United. Um, but they pretty much have like the Champions League tie locked up. I, I know that sounds really cocky, but we won 2 mm-hmm. on the road. And we're going into Anfield. And even if they score a few goals, I feel like we're going to at least score two ourselves. So I'm feeling good about that. Oh, and then the Liverpool City game was rescheduled to April 10th at 10.30. They kind of shifted some stuff around and made them like a prime time spot. There you go. I was going to say they pushed that back too, didn't they? Yep. Mm -hmm. Nice. Closer to the close of the season. I love it. Yep. It's going to be fun. All right. Looking ahead to next week. You know what time it is, listener. Time for us to pick our game of the week, which is... Napoli versus Milan. Both of these teams play in Serie A and is the battle of the two Titans, first place versus second place. Sunday, March 6th at 2.45 p.m. I cannot start predictions this time. Cannot do it. I do not know much about these two teams. All right. Uh, one nothing Napoli will be my guess. Uh like Herman mentioned, this is one versus two, although Inter do play on Friday with a game in hand, so they could bypass them. Either way, it's still a battle within the top four. Both these teams have been in awesome form, so I'm very excited to watch them. one nothing Napoli. Okay. Dave. I'm a little rusty on my Italian soccer, and I'll admit, but I'm going to go two to one Napoli over Milan. I feel like Two Milan is still in a rebuild project, and I think Napoli will show right. of a rebuild awesome. project. Fine. I'm going yeah, back with to Milan. Races. I'm going Milan 1-0 over Napoli. That's a way. That's the way, because yes. I'm secretly a Milan fan. Love those yeah. Russell Mary. Um I, I think it's just going to be a battle. I think two very different styles of playing, and we'll break it down for you next week. Absolutely. Make sure you tune in. Brady loves his Italian soccer. There's going to be a whole paragraphs written about <laughs> this game. Just you wait. We will Other have games. to edit it down. <laughs> Leave it all. Other <laughs> games that are happening. Man U versus Man City. Bout of the Manchesters. March 6th at 10.30 a.m. And hmm, I wonder who added this one. Tottenham versus Everton, March 7th at 2 p.m. Do your part, Spurs. <laughs> Please do. Nice. Got to do that. And then you, <laughs> Liverpool, do yours and beat West Ham so that there's yeah. some top four we'll do that. worth grabbing. We'll do that. <laughs> there you go. Good, good, good. 
Whew. It's very nice to have MLS back. Intense games happening over in the EPL. Whew. A lot of good soccer coming up and happening right now. Closing thoughts before we wrap up this episode. I just want to echo your sentiments. It's a great time of the calendar year to be watching soccer. MLS is back. Chicharito got a last minute goal. It was fantastic. Yes. Mm. Uh, Minnesota looked good in their opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watched just about every game. The last one, uh, I didn't quite Nashville, Seattle. I couldn't quite stay up for it. But uh, either way, uh, very excited that it's all happening. Champions League is going on right now still. Yeah, amazing soccer all around the world. Beautiful time. Well said, Brad. Make sure you keep tuning in each and every week on Thursdays to the Windy City Wingers podcast. Feel free to shoot us an email at windycitywingers.info at gmail.com with questions, feedback, or you have ideas, things that you want to hear about that we're not talking about. Let us know. Brady, where can our listeners reach out to you directly if they want to do that? On Twitter, I am at stat underscore bro. Give me a follow. And on Instagram, I'm at bradthebard13. Dave, hit our listeners with your social medias as well. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at windycity underscore Dave. I was tweeting quite a bit this last game, so get locked in with me. Come check it out. Either cheer the fire on or question why Ivanov keeps hitting the post. Yes, good luck to the fire this Saturday. Good luck to both of you. Make it home safely and at least relatively dry. Keep those liquid jackets on. Let's go fire. Fire.